We're gonna. This is a Rod Babers inspired notebook, Craig, in, in oh, light yeah? of our Longhorn Blitz podcast. Yeah, because we we've been trying to dissect this Texas defense when things have gone well, when things haven't gone well, and we talked about this a lot on the Blitz. I've talked about it on this show. I've written about it at Horns twenty four seven. Actually, working on another piece on it for Horns twenty four seven right now. And it's the struggles of the Texas defense to defend the middle of the field. They've struggled mightily in that. And Rod did some uh, some research, as he's known to do, and I just think this is great. Uh, Rod actually tweeted this out yesterday. Uh, in Texas, the last two games, so that's the win over Iowa State and the loss to Oklahoma State. Opposing quarterbacks, so we're, we're talking about Spen- uh, Hunter Deckers and right. Spencer Sanders. Opposing quarterbacks have completed 77% of their passes when targeting glance routes. That's the little, you know, kind of glance, skinny post, whatever you want to call it, off the RPO action. It's basically an RPO tag. Uh, slants is your traditional slant route or post routes. That's your you know deep post, skinny post. Uh, 66% of those targets were converted for a first down or a touchdown, and 44% of those attempts gained at least 15 yards compared to a 16% forced incompletion rate. Texas has been eaten alive over the middle of the field. And I went and looked back at the numbers. I heard Rod going on this on Rod's rant yesterday. Yeah, I went back and looked at this. Uh, Spencer Sanders in that Oklahoma State game, Craig. And, and the frustrating, the most frustrating thing about that game from a defensive standpoint is especially once we knew Braden Johnson was out and as much as Mike Gundy likes using his slot receivers, okay, there was really no other way they could attack you. You kind of had you could take your chances with their younger guys on the outside and devote more resources to the middle of the field. Texas didn't do that. Spencer Sanders in that game, Craig, this is just passes between the numbers and up to 19 yards down the field. 21 of 30 for 217 yards and two touchdowns. So Texas has to at some point get this figured out. It could be a technique issue. It could be you just need to simplify some things for guys at the second level and your nickels and your safeties and tell the corners, look, uh, you guys aren't going to have much help with your assignments. Uh, you, you could do some different things uh, in terms of coverage, just play uh, kind of more underman type stuff. Whatever the adjustment needs to be, it needs to be made because both of these Kansas State quarterbacks, whoever's going to be playing quarterback, they can both attack the middle of the field, especially, Craig, Adrian Martinez. Adrian Martinez on throws between the numbers and up to 19 yards this season, he's 50 of 70 for 421 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Will Howard on those same throws, 22 of 29, 241 yards, two touchdowns, one interceptions. Here's the caveat with Will Howard, though. We talked about his ability to throw the deep ball and how good he's been throwing the deep ball. On passes of 20 yards or more down the field, between the numbers, three for five, 81 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. Hmm. Now you're dealing with the Texas defense. We'll see. We should hear from Sark tomorrow the availability, what it looks like for Anthony Cook, what it looks like for Ryan Watts especially if Cook is out, Cook and or Watts, because that's going to change how you deploy guys. Most likely, I would think if Watts is out, I think that means Jade Barron's probably going to corner and Jalen Gilbo will end up playing that star position. Like we talked about on Tuesday, if Anthony Cook is out, I don't know what your options are other than just say, hey, next man up. And to this point, next man up has been Michael Taff. So could you have some competition for that next spot? We shall see, but especially with you being vulnerable in the secondary and whichever quarterback is in the game for Kansas State, they can they can both attack that part of the field. And 
not just his ability in the run game, but the ability Deuce Vaughn has to catch the football. This goes back to even before Colin Klein was the play caller there. You go back to the 2020 game in Manhattan when Courtney Messingham was calling the plays. Think about how Texas was able to isolate at that point DeMarvin Overshown and Jawan Mitchell, isolate both those guys in coverage with what they were able to do with Deuce Vaughn, sending him out of the backfield on circle routes. At times they just put him in the slot and ran him up the field on either glances or slants. They'll still do some of that stuff. We talk about intended touches for Deuce Vaughn. Same thing as B. John Robinson. They want to get him the football in a number of different ways. So I don't know, Craig, what Texas needs to do to rectify this issue. Again, I was asking the questions about it in the postgame after Oklahoma State. Sark said it. DeMarvin Overshone said it. Jaday Barron said it. That was the game plan, is they wanted to take away the middle of the field, and for whatever reason, they weren't able to. Until this issue gets resolved, uh, the Texas defense is still going to be on shaky ground, as good as they've been in other areas, Craig. Like, we talk about it all the time. They are really good against the run. It's really hard to just line up and pound the football at Texas. It's been really hard to do that. But I also think, too, one thing that can help the defense, and on the surface, uh, you you can kind of look at it and dissect it a number of ways, but I think the way these losses, especially the two losses to the the loss to Texas Tech and the loss to Oklahoma State played out, the defense is just getting overexposed, and it's the way they're getting overexposed. Like, you look at the two losses, Craig, the the plays the defense has faced, and this isn't total snaps because some of these, some plays get negated or whatever, but official snaps seen by the Texas defense and the two losses – about 99 against Texas Tech, 98 against Oklahoma State. And we talked That's about a lot of plays. We talked about the drive chart, right? When the offense kind of bogs down early in second halves, the defense is getting back on the field. Even though against Oklahoma State, they were doing their job. Let me see if I got, I've got I had the drive chart pulled up. Yeah. So if you look at the drive chart for the Texas offense in the second half of the Oklahoma State game, three and out punt, three and out punt, four plays and a punt, four plays and a field goal, three and out punt, four plays and a punt. Eight plays and a missed field goal, interception, interception. If you look at the start of the third quarter, Craig, for the Texas defense, three and out and a punt, four plays and a punt, five plays and a punt, three plays and a punt, but the play differential adds up and eventually the dam breaks because then you get for Oklahoma State field goal, touchdown, a three and out punt, touchdown, punt in the game. So at some point, you've got to, you know, play in complimentary football. That's got to be Sark's feel for the game. We talked about that a little bit earlier this week, just in terms of, man, sometimes you just got to, just have some patience, take what the defense is giving you, and just put the ball in the hands of your two running backs. Not only is that going to help your offense sustain drives, it's going to take a little bit of that pressure off your defense. And I think for Pete Kwiatkowski, I think it's just changing where you've got your resources devoted to. Like I think at this point, Texas is good enough up front with their down linemen that you can probably play lighter boxes or at least feel comfortable playing with lighter boxes and moving a linebacker out or moving an, an outside backer out, whatever, and go to either just a traditional four-man front or you can even go some three-man front because you've got guys like Moro Ojimo, even in some instances, Tavondre Sweat, you've got some guys that can play multiple shades and do some different things for you up front. So that way you can just say, hey, you guys, the run is going to be your primary responsibility. That group has proven to be disruptive anyway with what they're able to do with penetration. So it might just be, hey, we trust our defensive line enough to where they're going to be primarily responsible for the run because you've got to continue to devote 
more resources to coverage. And it's, it's interesting going back, Craig, to the offseason discussion about what was going to change about the Texas defense. We saw Sark and Pete Kwiatkowski, uh, Terry Joseph, Gary Patterson, everybody involved on that side of the ball. They were devoting most of their changes they made in the offseason. It was devoted to helping with coverage, whether it was competition at linebacker, bringing in a guy like like Diamante Tucker-Dorsey, moving Anthony Cook to safety, getting Jade Barron at the star position, bringing in Ryan Watts out of the transfer portal. A lot of the offseason tweaks were devoted to helping out with coverage. They've they've been better, but still, again, with this middle-of-the-field issue, you just have to change how you devote your resources. And I think it just felt like Sark wasn't ready to go all in and trust this defensive line yet, but I think you've played eight ball games so far. I think at this point you can trust this defensive line to say, yeah, we'll take our chances thinking that they can control the line of scrimmage, which more often than not they're going to be able to, more often than not they have with the, against the teams they played. So, again, I think it's devoting, changing the way you may, might run some things in terms of your coverage and your schemes. I think it's just devoting different resources because you have got to get this middle-of-the-field issue taken care of. Otherwise, you will continue to give up yards and, and, and in turn give up points. The defense can't get off the field. I, I think that, Craig, too, leads to something else that's been an issue for this defense, manageable down and distance on third down, manageable distance on third down. If you look at Oklahoma State on third down in that game, their average to go distance was 6.7 yards, a little under seven yards. Now, you want teams, if you get teams in three, third and seven plus, that's something you'll take your chances with. And Oklahoma State actually was 0 for 4 on third and 9 plus. But, you know, if your average down to distance at the end of the game is about six and anywhere in that six and a half to seven yard range, I think you'll take that. Texas, on the other hand, we know the issues Texas had on third down. Nine and a half yards was the average to go distance for Texas on third down of that game. Oklahoma State finished eight of 19. So uh, just got to get that middle of the field issue fixed. There it is. That's our Longhorn Notebook for this hour. Uh, up next, we have our weekly conversation with the head coach of the West Lake Chaparral's Tony Salazar joins us as we continue with Life the Tower on the Horn 1049, 1019 AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. <laughs> 